Once again, happy Sabbath. Like we said earlier, it's good to be home. It's good to be around the Memphis family. We were around our national family. We had a good time. We had a blessed time. And God moved upon the hearts of all those who, who came down there in a mighty way. We all left changed. Amen. And wasn't that what it was all about? Amen. The Lord said, look, he said, it's not enough to be redeemed. You have to be changed. And we all left changed. I'm here to tell you. We left changed. And we're going to be changed forever. And guess what? This is the beginning of the change. Amen. We're not finished. We are nowhere near where we're going. Because God says, I have called you to be my people. And I'm going to send you to a level where you'll be in front of all these people. And I'm going to get you to a point where you will rightly represent me in everything that you do. Isn't that a great promise? Because only God can do that. We can't grit our teeth. We can't hold our breath long enough in order to get to that point. But God says, I have chosen you. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, Okay, I'm excited. Sister Jerry, we're excited. We're excited because we know what's about to happen. We have seen it. We have, we have, I'm not saying we've been to the mountaintop, but we have seen what's about to happen because it's time. It wasn't because we're worthy. It's because it's time, and God is going to do something miraculous. But we want to look at something today that he gave us to say. And, and, and if you turn your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 21 this morning, uh, the God, is, he started to share something with us. He said, in these next few weeks, we are going to have to learn that there is another, another level. It's another level we must reach in order to receive the outpouring of his spirit. Because his spirit is necessary for us to do the job that he asks us to do. And without that spirit, we will never be able to perform the job. We understand that. It is impossible without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life for you to follow God at all. You can't follow this word. You can't even understand his Bible without it. And oftentimes we get our Bibles out and we read it like it's a textbook or we read it like it's a Shakespeare novel. It is not. It is an instruction manual inspired by the Spirit of God. And without that Spirit, we won't make it uh, to our under level of understanding he wishes to bring us. So we're going to ask for that Spirit this morning and turn our Bibles to Revelation 21. And it's verse 6. In Revelation 21, we'll begin at verse 6. And the Lord makes a statement. He's, and he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of the life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Amen. Amen. He that overcometh receives these things. And so when we see that word overcome, it says, you know, our mission is to be overcomers. We must begin this process with looking at the origin of the things that we have to overcome. See, we'll look at the symptoms of things and say, oh, I have to overcome that. We'll say, oh, I have to overcome alcohol. I have to overcome lust. I have to overcome all these things. And you're just dealing with the symptoms of what the real thing we have to overcome is. That's why we lose all the time. We're swatting at flies instead of cleaning the house. See, if you have a fly problem in your house, what do you do? You go try to find where these flies are coming from. If you got fruit flies in your house, you go what? Straight to the fruit bowl and see if there's something going on. See, we've been swatting at these fruit flies too long. He said, we're going to come and find the origin of the problem, and we're going to overcome that problem. Therefore, we'll overcome all these other issues. Wouldn't you love to do that? Amen. Well, this is where we're going, people. And it's not, a, it's not a very pleasant experience for those who wish to hold on to the origin. But those who are ready to let it go, it's going to be all right. Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians, if you will. And we're going to start looking at what the origin is. And you might be surprised what it is. It's nothing new. He's just reminding us of it this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and we begin at verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6. Are we there? Your glorying is not good. 
Isn't that a nice statement to make on a Sabbath afternoon? <laughs> know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth, what? The whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sanctified for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of what? Sincerity and truth. There is some leaven in our souls this morning. This is what he's trying to identify. He's going to help us identify what this leaven is because we cannot do what he asks us to do. We'll never be able to receive the outpouring of his spirit as long as this leaven is still in our lumps. Amen. We understand leaven, right? What's another word for leaven, people who cook? Yeast. Amen. Then you know what yeast really does? Yeast is a one-cell organism. And when you activate it, it releases two things, alcohol and carbon dioxide. Both things are key. But that, that's why he used the, 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 the parallel of leaven. This little thing eats on the things that are in what you're making. You have to activate yeast, don't you? Yeah. You got to put some what? Sugar. sugar. So it can eat, just like cancer. Cancer likes sugar, too. So if you get cancer, leave sugar alone. But you, you, you mix it up, and what happens is it starts to what? It starts to bubbling. And it starts to like, foaming and coming alive. It's, and then you put it in your bread, and it, it won't rise in the first five minutes, will it? You won't even know it's there. Come back in an hour, and you got a big old bowl of dough, right? All y'all, see, when you all cook, you'll figure this out. <laughs> and you'll come back, because you got to put it kind of in a warm place, you know, and so it'll blow up real nice when you make your breads and your pizza doughs and all those good things. Y'all ready for that, right? because we're going back to the original. <laughs> but but what, what, what we have to understand is that little unseen thing causes this puffed up action. And God says, your puffed upness is a problem because we got this little leaven that we need to get rid of. Amen? Now let's keep going. He said, he said, I need you to be not in wickedness or malice, but I need you to do this in sincerity and truth. It's make, please make sure those two things never separate. Saul of Tarsus was sincere, but he was sincerely what? Wrong. He was not sincere in the truth. He was sincere in what the denomination told him was the truth. Amen? And so we don't need to be sincerely wrong. We need to be sincere and in the truth. We all right with that? All right, let's keep going. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start understanding we are in love with something. We are in love with this leaven, and this particular leaven is a problem and is causing us to miss the kingdom. It's causing us not to be effective ministers for God, and it's going to cause us not to us, it's going to block us from receiving the Holy Ghost. And I can't emphasize to you enough, we are in desperate need of his Holy Spirit. Amen. In desperate need. Your whole life will be different if you let the Holy Spirit take over. Your whole existence on this planet has a whole new meaning when the Holy Spirit is within you. And so we need to figure out how we're going to get this. At least be in that place where the Holy Spirit is going to be. Yes. Amen? Yes. I mean, wherever that is, that's what we need to be. Yes. Now, Colossians chapter 3, we are in love with the wrong thing. We talked a little bit about this Wednesday night, about affections about what we are, you know, what are our mind, what is our focus on. And, and God says here in, Colos in Colossians chapter 3, and in verse 1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ. Now, that means you have done what? You have been baptized in Christ, and, and you, 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 now you're Christians, right? You're practicing Christ. He said, if this be the case, Brother Juan, as you say, if, if this be the case, please understand, if is a big word in this particular scripture, because if you're not in Christ, this won't make any sense to you. Because you'll say, why am I going to seek those things which are above if you're not in Christ? Because you don't even know what above is. But God says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Why? Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Amen? That's where our affection should be. Set your affection on things above, not on things where? On the earth. For ye are dead. Can we say that again? Yes. 
ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ, where? In God. If ye be risen with Christ. See, there's another level. This play Christianity is going on long enough. We're going to another level. And what's wonderful about it is he promised he'd get us there. He said, I am the author and the finisher of the faith. And so he's writing the script for us right now. We just have to go, come to rehearsal from time to time. If you're in a play, don't you have to come to rehearsal? You just can't show up on opening night and say, I got it. He said, we got to come, you got to show up now. Yes. Amen. Amen. And he said, your affections are set on something in particular down here on this earth that we have to shake you loose from it. We got to take this leaven out of this lump. Stay in Colossians. Let's go down to five. Same chapter. Mortify, therefore, your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection. We got a whole lot of that going on. Evil concupiscence. You know, let's just longing, especially for something that, you know, that you're not supposed to have, the forbidden things, right? And he said, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Do you know that covetousness is idolatry? Yeah. Why? Because you are making something your idol. You're longing for something. I want this, and everything that I do is to get that. That is my longing. That is my idol. That's why covetousness is a terrible sin. You'll kill somebody over something that you want. Haven't you seen that? Yeah. Started out, I mean, I won't start it out, but it's been thousands of years, but I, we came to, 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 to see it back in the 80s when they had starter jackets. Y'all remember them? <laughs> Some of y'all wasn't born in the 80s, but we're going to let y'all understand something. <laughs> These starter jackets came out with the big old, you know, it's the first varsity jackets that you could buy and you didn't play sports. And so all the people who didn't play sports, they wouldn't look like athletes, so they had starter jackets. Now, people were getting shot over them. And then the Jordans came out. People getting shot over them. Why? Because they, it became their idol. Yes. Now, today, it might not be the starter jacket. It might not be the Jordans. It could be a purse. Because <laughs> there's some, it's some females cutting females for stuff. Yeah. Amen? It's a new world out there now. Yeah. It could be a job. Yeah. It could be a promotion. It could be somebody else's husband or somebody else's wife. Amen? That's why covetous, he said covetousness is what? Idolatry. He said, first six, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. So if we are participating in any of those things that were previously listed, we are classified by God as the children of what? Disobedience. And the wrath of God is coming. Please understand that. God has been so merciful, but the wrath of God is coming. And it happens to be forming in your life now. You'll see things just not acting right. And you're saying, why isn't this my life going like this? It's because you're children of disobedience. But God says, I'm about to change all that if you let me. We've been living in disobedience long enough. Let's go to verse 7. And then he starts talking about, in the which he also walked sometime when ye lived in them. Amen? Everybody has that testimony. Everybody's been disobedient. Everybody's been participating in covetousness, and, 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 and we won't, we'll go ahead and say it, because uh, uh, the Bible said it. Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, all these things we have participated in, haven't we? Yes. And we should be a big old past tense on that. We've all been there, done that. Now God says, I want to take you above that now. It's the problem that we have. We are still in it. And we're asking for, oh, I want to, I want to, to have the latter rain fall. The latter rain can't fall on you. Can't fall on me until we get to a place where it's raining. The Holy Spirit is not raining over here in hell. It's raining down in a certain place. We always talk about the place of God where God is, where God says, if you stand there, you will receive the Holy Ghost. That's what we have to find. And there's something blocking us, something blocking us today that he's going to point out. He said in verse 8, but now we also put off all these, 
Then he starts describing other things that are classified uh, as disobedience. Anger. Amen? Amen. Wrath. Malice. Blasphemy. Filthy communications out of your mouth. Lord have mercy. When are we going to get past that? See, I'm talking about level one filthy communication. I'm not talking about the real filthy communication, the lies and deceit that we saw. I'm talking about just cussing folk out. Amen? Amen. Come on, you act like we don't know. <laughs> that's level one. But there's something down here that's causing all of this. And we're going to find out. See, we just read malice, envy, wrath, all these things. That's not the leaven we're going to talk about this morning. That's the result of the leaven. Amen? He said, verse 9, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put, on, put off the old man and with his deeds. See, the old man looked like that. You know, the old lump, it looked like that. It cursed. It did all these things. It lied to people. It, it tried to tear other people down. It, it tried. All these things were the old man. Remember, God, Christ did tell us, he said, he said uh, 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 lay down that old stuff. He said, man, you, you're a new bottle. I'm trying to give you some new wine, but you're trying to take this new wine and put it in an old raggedy bottle. God said, I need you to let that go. But don't fight anger. Don't fight malice. Don't fight fornication. Don't do it, but don't fight it. These are the symptoms of the lump. I mean, of the, of the leaven that's in the lump. Verse 10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. See, Christians are supposed to reflect the image of who? Christ. We're supposed to be a new creature. All things become new. All things are what? Passed away. But we haven't let them go. We got to move forward now. We don't have time any longer. We, 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 we were so saddened yesterday because when I look out on this audience, I remember the young man who we buried yesterday sat right there. Mercy. And he wasn't old. He didn't die of a disease. He just was killed. Now, he's not here anymore. Is tomorrow promised to you? So what are we waiting on? It to get better? Or my, my way, I'm going to figure out my way. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work this time. That's like children talking to their parents about, well, you don't understand. <laughs> you ever heard that, parents? <laughs> oh, that's, see, this is a new day. <laughs> see, y'all old school, y'all don't know. This is a new day. This works. No. Because we said the same thing to our parents. And we were just as wrong as our children. Because they said, son, no, it's not going to work. Yeah, Will, see, you don't understand. You think that old way. <laughs> and right about the age 29 and 30, you start realizing, man, my parents really knew what they were talking about. <laughs> Go to Proverbs if you would. We've got to stop waiting. We've got to start figuring out what this lump is. I mean, what this leaven is in our lump. Let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs 8. Here we go. Y'all ready to find out what God hates and what classifies as the leaven that's in the lump? Yes. You sure you want to hear this? Yes. Because if you do, you are held responsible for this. So anybody want to leave, head out the back door right now. All right. Amen. We want some change. People want to be changed this morning. People want to know that there's another way of living and we got to get past what we are in right now. We're going to Proverbs chapter 8. Turn, if you would, to verse 13. Now, we've heard this before, right? The first part. It says, the fear of the Lord is what? To hate evil. Everybody say amen to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, hate evil. Ooh-wee. Now, let's find out what's wrong with us. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. Welcome to the leaven. Pride, arrogancy, the evil way, the forward mouth. That's it. That makes us do what we do. 
because the evil way, what pride really is, is my way. Not Yahweh, my way. That's what pride is. That's what arrogancy is. It's I want to do it my way. We don't suffer from that, do we? Oh, I see it in your face every time you, we say something that you don't agree with. And that, not me saying it, when I read something and you don't agree with it, pride starts doing this. <laughs> see, pride really is putting up a wall. I am defending my position. God says, that's why I can't give you my Holy Spirit. You got too much pride. Oh, we've been taught pride, haven't we? Go to Genesis, if you would. We're going to see what, what pride did at first. See, the head of all the manifestations of sin is the idol called pride. When self is in charge, all other counsel must bow down before it. I want to do it my way. Go to Genesis 4, if you would. And we're going to find out what, that, what my way really is. Remember, we're supposed to be following God. We're supposed to be following the great book, the instruction manual we talked about this morning. We are supposed to be following what he said, but pride is in the way. You know, pride is a spirit. And guess who introduced that spirit to us? We're going to get to that. Because nobody wants to be Satan worshipers, do they? You sure? Remember, when you say that, you're held responsible. Anybody want to worship Satan? Okay. Now, let's find out where Satan is <laughs> and how we worship in him. Let's find out this pride issue. Genesis 4, verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought out the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought out of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Amen? We're not going to get into the conversation of why that was the case. We just know Cain disobeyed. Why? Because God was not pleased with his sacrifice. Amen? Whatever God told Cain to do, he didn't do it because, see, I'm going to do it my way. See, it was a good idea. He was a tiller of the ground, right? He said, well, I'm going to bring this. God said, I asked you to bring that. He wanted to serve God his way. And let's see what happened. First, uh, and the Lord had respect to Abel and, not, and, and to his offering, but to Cain and to his offerings he had not respect. And Cain was very, what? Wroth. You see what pride will do? You're going to get angry. We talked about angry back in Colossians, right? See, remember, anger is an a, a offshoot of this leaven, of pride. You don't get angry when you don't, you don't have pride. What are you angry about? <laughs> he said, uh, he said, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? What's the problem, man? If thou doest well, shall not thou be accepted? Isn't that true? Yes. If you do what God says, wouldn't he approve of it? Yes. But obviously, you didn't, and I don't. Amen? And if thou doest not, well, sin lieth at the door. Was that the truth? When pride jumps up, all kind of things are going to start happening. And it always ends in death. He said, and if thou doest well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and did what? His he was angry because his pride was hurt. What you mean my offering ain't good? Then the envy stepped in, didn't it? Because it, it, it's, it's right there too. You got pride, envy's going to be there. What you mean my brother, my, my little brother? His thing's better than mine. He got so angry. That, 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 that pride was in him, that self-righteousness was in him, and he killed his brother. He was not accepted by God, and the anger led to murder. God will never accept the spirit of self. It'll never accept the spirit of pride. And so if we have these in our souls, we will never receive the Holy Ghost. We understand that? Yes. 
in full measure. Because we we're in full measure time now. See, Jesus gave the disciples a little bit of the Holy Ghost. He did. He said, look, let me breathe upon you the Holy Spirit, receive you the Holy Spirit, amen? But they couldn't get the full measure because pride and self was still there. They didn't get the full measure until Pentecost. Why? Because pride and self had been put to dirt, in the dirt. I want to know what's wrong with our lives. Too much pride and self. We want to even tell God how to serve him. That's what Cain did. Anybody thought Cain was a good guy? Why are we following his example? Isaiah. I mean, the, the book Isaiah, Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah 14. <laughs> Calling you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Isaiah 14, who is this spirit behind this leaven? Who is this spirit behind the leaven that's causing us to miss the kingdom, that's causing us not to have the full measure of the Holy Spirit, that's causing us not to be able to perform the task God has called us to perform? Verse 12 of Isaiah 14, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, what did he say? I. I want you to notice I. Pride and self has a brother called I. When you hear somebody say I too much, you ought to know who I is. <laughs> you say, oh, that, I see that spirit. That's the spirit I. Because I got to represent myself in this particular, I do this, I do, man, come on, really? He said, I will ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be what? Like the most high. And when he said like the most high, he wasn't talking about he wanted to be like Jesus. He wanted to have the, the honor bestowed upon him that's bestowed upon our Lord. Pride. Why? Because he was beautiful. Remember Ezekiel's description of him? He, 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 he had tabrets built in him. He could sing. He, he was beautiful. And all that beauty and all that talent caused him to believe in himself. I will be like the most. Why aren't they bowing down to me? I'm smarter than everybody around me. You ever heard that before? You ever felt that before? I want to do it my way. If we don't get rid of my way, we're going to miss Yahweh. Amen? Amen? Satan drives the self-boat. If we own that ship, Satan is driving it. And he causes you to miss the blessings of God. See, he fools you into believing your position is correct and you should defend it. And you miss the blessings God is trying to give you. The, the place where God is trying to take you. You won't get off self-boat. I'm pride. I want to do what I want to do. You can't tell me what I can do. Even to tell Jesus himself, you can't tell me what to do. How do we do that? When God said, thus saith the Lord. And we say, no, not today. We've been taught the doctrine of this doctrine from birth. You know that? Anybody ever heard, to thine own self be true? Shakespeare, right? One of the biggest devil worshipers in the last 200 years. How about this one? Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Who did that? Come on, you two. That's Crowley. Known devil worshiper. Idolized by all the rap stars. To thy own self be true. Do what thou wilt. Who is speaking through these two men? Lucifer, Satan, and we just following right behind it because that's our position. I'm going to do what I want to do. What makes me feel good? If your religion is based on feelings, you're in bad shape. Why? Because who is the master of the senses? Satan. He said, oh, I can make you feel good anytime I want to. Is that what you're looking for? A joyful experience? Oh, I got one of those. Amen. Why do people get high? Other people, not y'all. Why don't people participate in being inebriated? Because of the feeling. I'm relaxed. Man, it's rough out here. I got to have me some wine or something. 
I got escape, right? Wasn't that, wasn't that the, the, what? You know, long time ago, y'all. I got to, I got to, I got to let this go, man. I, I, even though the Bible says don't take strong drink, it's a deceiver. Amen? He said you wake up and don't know what happened. I read that scripture in college. That was the funniest thing. I laughed. I laughed. He said, yes, you're going to be at the, like the, at the top of a mask. And all you all ever had any experience with alcohol, and you had a little too much. You know, the top of a mask is the, the pole on the ship, and it goes back and forth. Anybody ever had the spins? <laughs> See, some people have never done that. But some of y'all, mm -hmm. don't worry, don't worry. You know, you just, when you, when you, you can't close your eyes because the room's spinning. When you, when you start holding on to the table and the table's not moving. <laughs> or you're laying on the floor and the floor doing this. <laughs> See, even though God says, you know, I told you to stay away from that. And this was going to happen to you. And everybody in here can testify to that. I mean, not everybody. Those, some of us can testify to that. Amen. Brothers, the Lord says stay away from that because he said you're going to behold strange women. You ever heard the, the uh, everybody's beautiful at closing time? <laughs> God says, look, you say, I tell you this, and you do that. Even though I warned you about that. Why? Because you want to do it your way. You want to see how far you can go and still make it to the kingdom. Let me tell you something. Your leash is about to get real short. Mercy is endureth forever. Amen? That's what the book says. But there's a, a limit to divine forbearance. And some of us are about to reach that. Some not, because we just started, but some are about to reach that. And I'm glad I don't make the call. Only God makes that call. But let me tell you something. If we still believe in the doctrine to our own self be true, we'll never make it to the kingdom. And we'll be ineffective ministers and missionaries as God wants us to be effective ones. Amen. Amen. Satan doesn't care what you do. Just do it your way. What did old Frank Sinatra tell us? I did it my way. Now you're talking about a devil worshiper. <laughs> a satanic individual. His greatest song was New York, New York, most satanic, one of the most satanic cities in the world. And, but I did it my way. Y'all heard the song, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I did it my way. He said, regrets I have a few, but then again, too few to mention. Because I did it my way. Satan says, yes, go. What way do you want to go? As long as you're not going the way of God, I'm good with that. Second Kings, if you will. Chapter 17. Israel always did it their way. <laughs> Brother Harold, it was only a few times when they walked the way of God. Israel had a problem. They wanted to do it their way even though God instructed them how to do something and the benefits of doing it, they always went where? Their way. 2 Kings 17. Start at 13 if you would. 2 Kings 17, 13. He says, Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways. And keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. He said, I keep trying to put people in front of you to tell you my way, to tell you the way to walk. Verse 14, the Bible says, notwithstanding, they would not what? Hear. Hear. But harden their necks like to the neck of their fathers. They did not believe in the Lord their God. They said, we're going to do it our way. Verse 15, and they rejected his statutes and the, his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies which he testified against them. And they followed what? Vanity. vanity. What is vanity? Pride. Self-pride. They followed self-pride. God was not happy with them 
and became vain. I know more than Jesus. I even worship Jesus the way I want to worship Jesus. Jesus, you can't tell me how to worship you. It has to be convenient for me. Heard a woman say, don't, she didn't want to go to a church that told her what to do. She didn't want to hear nothing about what God says. She just wants to enjoy the sensation of the music. Because that's what people nowadays, they, they, they want to hear, dum, dum, you know, and it's beautiful music. So they have beautiful voices in these churches, don't they? And it's, it's nothing wrong with music. Music was created for worship. But she said, I, I don't really want to hear that. I don't want to hear anything about me having to change my life. The biggest error in that statement is my life. As if your life is yours. Did Jesus not die for you? Are you bought with a price? Remember that scripture? Christians? But I'm going to live like I want to live. If God disappeared from your life right now, you would cease to exist. Let's say if God, I'm gone. Okay, your life, here you go. What will we be right now? Dust. Dust. At best. Because that's what Adam was before the breath of life was breathed into him. So let's get this my life thing out of our heads. Amen? Let's keep reading. They rejected my statutes and covenants. They, they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. Why? Because the heathen worshiped self. They worshiped pride. They worshiped other gods. The whole point of coming out of Egypt was so we wouldn't worship other gods. But we did not hearken. And they left all the commandments of the Lord, their God. Remember he said, you break one, you break them all. And made them molten images, even two calves and made a grove, and worshiped all the hosts of heaven, and served who? Baal. You see what pride is doing to us. I thought everybody in here said they did not want to worship Satan. What will pride make you do? Where does pride originate? Now, when I say pride, I mean your own way. People, you know, they talk about the young generation, how they don't listen, how they think they know everything. You know what? The generation before you was just like that. And the generation before them, just like that. Amen? You think I listened? I just happened to listen more than most people because I had motivation. <laughs> That's why you got to give children motivation. You know, I don't care they're two years old. Give them some motivation. And say, so you, you really need to listen to me. Give him some motivation. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But God is trying to help us. He's trying to help us see. It's time to follow him. Jeremiah 7, it's time to follow him. See, we've been in this other world too long. We've been Egyptian too long. We've been serving Baal too long. And Baal, pride and Baal are the same thing when it comes to us. I always look at Jeremiah 7. We're going to be in Jeremiah just a second. Don't worry. You get to go home in just a while. Jeremiah 7. Let's turn to verse 23. Jeremiah 7, 23. Israel had lost their mind. I mean, just, this was just way out there. But this sounds like us. Today, as modern day Christians, this sounds like us. Let's look at this. Verse 23 says, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice. Doesn't that sound familiar? We learned that this morning. God says, look, obey my voice. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want it to be. Obey my voice. And I will be your God. And ye shall be my people. Sounds like a good deal. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. See, that's what's so baffling about this whole process. It will go well for you if you follow him. Verse 24, but they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of what? Their pride, their self, their evil heart, and went backwards and not forward. You ever taken one step back and always end up two steps 
I mean, one step forward and always end up two steps back. You follow on your own counsel. The counsel of an evil heart. That evil heart might be you, or that evil heart might be the evil heart that's in the person giving you counsel. We got to stop listening to the evil hearts. Amen? Amen. How's a sinner going to fix a sinner? <laughs> Me being chief, I'm going to operate on myself. You ever seen a doctor do that? Get on the operating table and take a scalpel and start operating on himself? How long would that work? Until he ran out of blood, right? God says, why are you doing this? It will go well with you if you just follow my voice. We had gotten so far, we can't even hear his voice anymore. Are we, are we guilty of loving the idol of self? Self doesn't want to say anything. I don't blame self. Because self is a stronghold. You know what a stronghold is? It's something that holds your soul in hell. It holds so strong you can't break it. That's why you need spiritual help to get past a stronghold. Self is a stronghold. And you think self wants you to hear this this morning? Man, don't listen to him. He don't know what he's talking about. You just do what you do. God loves you. Man, man can tell you what to do. Anybody hearing that voice? Don't, don't admit it. <laughs> it comes to people who've been in a long time, too. So don't, don't, don't think it's just for those who are new. You've been doing this 30 years, Brother Shaw. You know, all that, you know, you can, it'd be all right. You know, you know. <laughs> Devil comes to me like that all the time. And it sounds like real Christian until I get on my knees and say, Lord, is this you? And I start looking. I said, Lord, is this you? And guess what? The devil will flee. Amen. 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 So we got to stop loving ourselves in that way. But the world tells us to love ourselves. The greatest love of all is what? Loving yourself, isn't it? Isn't that what, I mean, look at all of this. Look at what we've been taught, and we know who the teacher was. It didn't matter if it was a song you heard. There was something coming up, and they said, look, if you don't learn to love yourself, you can't love others. <laughs> it should be, if you haven't learned to love Jesus, you don't even know what love is. You can call whatever you're doing love, but it's not love. Why? Because God is love. So if you want to learn how to love yourself or love anybody else, fall in love with God. He is the origin of love. He'll teach you what love is. How many people have mistaken love for lust or lust for love? I love you, baby. And he's probably when you was inebriated. <laughs> Things make sense when you're drunk, don't they? Do you really believe it? And if you, if you could just take a snapshot, well, nowadays you can't take a snapshot. Uh, I mean, just stop time and come out of the time and look back and say, I can't believe I believe that. But it sounded so logical as you was on your fifth drink. <laughs> or you, were, you had been inundated by foolish counsel all your life and you stepped out of that council, you stepped out of that circumstance and said, I can't believe I believe that. You ever done that? I know some of y'all done it because you're in here today. Because you don't just walk in here. There's a reason why you're here. Amen? Amen. This is not the place that's on the map that says, hey, come have a good time. <laughs> but God is calling us out. And we have to come out of her, my people so we can hear his voice and see what he's trying to do. And self has to go. Our whole concept of ourselves has to be changed. God loves us. Isn't that enough? I think he can love us better we can love ourselves. Jeremiah 44. Here is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read in my life about us. Lord willing, we'll be gone just a second. I don't think we got but 48 more scriptures. No, um, <laughs> Jeremiah, if you would. 44. These men and women of Israel, 
Israel was a chosen nation, right? So you can mess up chosen. Why are you chosen? These people were chosen. They weren't converted. And they had gotten to this point where, where, where Brother Jeremiah was saying, look, man, listen, look, listen, listen, listen. They were about to kill him because they were tired of him trying to get them to see what God said. Now look at verse 16 of 44 of Jeremiah. He says, as for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, what's the next statement? We will not hearken unto thee. Now look at that, how wicked that statement is. We know you are telling us what the Lord is saying, but we will not hearken. I told you it's going to be rough, Nelson. God says, he sends a servant to tell you, you say, I don't care. Let's, let's keep reading. Verse 17. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth. What? My way. Do you know if you don't defend your way, you won't have any fights? Most marriages, marital fights, stem from pride. All you married people, here's a heads up to you. Lose pride. It's okay, baby. But I was right. Don't matter. Jesus was right. You not. Jesus is right. Jesus climbed on that cross, but he was right. Jesus suffered all that torture, but he was right. So if you have to say, all right, amen, amen, then what is the fight going to be? He could come in a house full of hell. Anybody ever had that experience? Wives? Oh, he just come, he, 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 he ready. And the first thing you do as a wife, say, oh, okay, I'm ready too. <laughs> Come on, say amen if it's the truth. Amen. Now you got two prideful, selfish people standing in a room and Jesus ain't nowhere in the picture. I don't know why we've been fighting for two weeks. That's why. Somebody's got to say amen. amen. Somebody's got to say, well, Lord, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Start, talk, start speaking scripture. Say, Lord, you said, before honor is humility. Lord, help me. Help me, because I know I'm right. <laughs> pride, see, pride's still talking to you. I know I'm right, but this man you gave me. Really? Well, this woman you gave, that's what Adam said, this woman you gave me. Oh, we got to get, get to this point, y'all, because there's a world of people who need to know what you know. And we need the Holy Ghost to, in order for us to, to, to let them know that. But these people said, look, man, we're going to do what go forth out of our own mouth, to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her as we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princesses in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. They had been so deceived, they thought they were in a good condition when they were praising and honoring the queen of heaven. We won't get into who the queen of heaven is today. You just celebrated her last weekend. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Okay. If we are to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we must begin at conquering self because it is the, it's keeping us from clearly understanding the word of God. The disciples could not hear Jesus, even though Jesus was standing in front of them. The word was speaking the word to them, but pride wouldn't let them hear it. You remember when, when mama came in with her two boys? Uh, excuse me, Jesus. Can my son, one son sit on this side and one son sit on that side? And the, and the other ten were in the back, not knowing really what was going on. They just saw it looked like some favoritism was going on with these two, and so they got angry. 
Don't be no more than I am. I'm the treasurer. My name's Judas. They couldn't hear Jesus. Jesus, taught, Jesus talked to them every day about he was going to die. Every day. Look, man, there's a time when I'm not going to be here. There's a time I'm going to be delivered. Look at Isaiah. Look at Jeremiah. Look at these scriptures. I'm going to be offered up. They couldn't hear it because they were so focused on where their position was going to be in the kingdom. Pride and selfishness. And so when Jesus went through what he told them they were going through, they ran to the hills. You know, Jesus found them that Sunday evening up in the upper room, but they weren't in the upper room to, to, to be praising the Lord. They were hiding from the Jews. They couldn't hear them. You think we got trouble hearing today? Jesus is trying to talk to us, and we're so prideful. We, we'll get Jesus enough so we can see where we are in Jesus, what position we have. You ever studied the Bible like that in error? We studied the Bible to see what's the solution to my problem. What is God, how is God going to help me? How should you open this book? He said, even the Son of Man came to minister. <laughs> Even Jesus came to minister, not to be ministered to. He said, Lord, teach me how to help somebody today. I know my light bill is due. I know my house note is due. I know my business is going under. I know all that, but I'm going to find out how to serve you today. How do I help somebody else? And all of a sudden, uh, things start changing. You know, when you get down and blue and depressed and all self-pity, like, things start changing when you start serving. When you start serving, things will start changing. If you're having a bad day, go serve. Nobody has a bad day uh, so much that you can't go help somebody else. Go to 2 Thessalonians. We got to get some clear understanding about what God would have us to do in our relationship with it. Oh, Lord, this is going long. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Are we all right? You look like you're going to say no. Huh? Not after this sermon. No. Self is saying, I got to get out of here. I'm hungry. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. What happens to us when we hold on to this selfish, this leaven that has to be taken out of this lump? When we hold on to it, we get, put ourselves in a position that is not uh, 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 able to get us to the position God would have us to be. Because 2 Thessalonians 2.10 says, And when all, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they what? Should believe a lie. Do we see any evidence of that in the world today? In the church world today, they believe a lie. Because why? When they heard the truth, they didn't love it. They rejected it. Self said, I don't want to hear the truth because it's going against what my natural inclinations are. It's easy to find Jesus on something you like, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, when, you, when Jesus finds you on something you don't like, that's a problem. It's easy for us to say, you know, I, I want to be f uh, a, 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 a missionary because I like talking to people. Then you, that's where you meet God. Oh man, me and Jesus tight because I'm a missionary. I done found the Lord. And when the Lord tells you, I need you to straighten out your house. No, nah, Lord, see, that ain't got nothing to do with being a missionary. See, I know what I'm doing. See, when, when, when I find God in, my, in the health message and I say, oh Lord, I love, I love eating right. I love cooking right because that's my natural inclination. But God says, I need you to submit yourself to your own husband. That ain't got nothing to do with that. That ain't got nothing to do with that. Or you, you meet God and say, look, man, uh, 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 man, God met me. I'm a businessman. And, you know, I, I, you know me and God, we're we, we, we good in business. And he says, I need you to love your wife as yourself, and I need you to give your life to, for that. Well, no, she don't understand. I got I to do this. Man. Drop something. <laughs> God says, I want it all because I gave all. We understand that? He gave us all 
so he wants it all. You know, after this strong delusion is worn out, because it's not going to stay on us any longer. We're not deceived anymore. See, we've been fighting fornication, young people. Pride is the problem. Self is the problem. When you fornicate, isn't it a selfish act? Yeah, it's a sensation, ain't it? Ooh, feeling. There's only one place in the Bible where God said flee. He said flee fornication. <laughs> Run, Joseph. <laughs> but see, we don't want to hear that. Because we can serve God and be a fornicator too. Because we're under a strong delusion. We can serve Christ the righteous by lying. We're under strong delusion. We can serve our Lord and Savior with envy and malice and strife in our hearts because we're under strong delusion. God says, I'm going to bring you out of that delusion if you let me, if you listen to me. If you listen to my words, I can bring you out of this because I want to take you to a place you've never been before. What's the solution? First of all, stop defending pride. Stop putting up that wall. When you think of the whole picture, who are you? Think about it. Everybody in here thinks they're somebody. Some of y'all really think, yes, I have been, I walked with, really. Compare yourself to any disciple. I didn't say Jesus, any disciple. Compare yourself to the good grandmother you had. And you see how wretched we really are. You know that grandmother who gave it all for you? You know the one that said, well, you know, I'm tired. My feet hurt. I'm working two jobs. And she had to ride the bus to work if they would let her ride the bus. She had to iron clothes for people that didn't live in her house. She had to scrub floors. She had to do all those things so you could have what you have. Her heart was bigger than anything that we could ever imagine. How about us? Where's our sacrifice? What do we give for somebody else, let alone for Jesus? He said, love your neighbor, because you can't love him. How are you going to say you love me? We got to get to that state, and self has to be laid in the dust now. But we're in Psalms 119. David was a powerful man, but David also understood something. He said, there is a great God that will forgive. His pride made him take Bathsheba. His selfish will made him kill Bathsheba's husband. We remember that account? Mm -hmm. But oh, when David heard the voice of God, did he not change? Every step of the way when he messed up, when pride took over and selfishness took over, God popped him in his head and he listened. Don't you have enough knots on your head now? At least listen. God's been popping me in my head for all my life. And I'm just starting to figure out, oh, if I don't want to hit me in my head, I think I might want to do this. <laughs> he loves me enough to pop me on my head. Son, son, not that way. I done told you 15 times, not that way. And he finally waited on me to say, yes, Lord. That's mercy. What are we going to do today? Are we going to say yes, Lord? Are we going to still be selfish and prideful? I don't know about you. I've lived that life. Not anymore. We got to come up and up. David understood that in Psalm 119. Let's go to verse 57. Psalm 119, verse 57. He says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor and my whole heart, with my whole heart, be merciful unto me according to what? Thy word. I thought on my ways mm, and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. David was walking opposite of the testimonies of God. He said, I thought about my ways and I turned back to your testimonies. Amen. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. David figured it out. Man, I got to walk in your way. 
And this is what God wants us to do today. Walk in his way. His ways are righteous. His ways are everlasting. His ways are life-giving and problem-solving. Let's walk in his way. Amen? Last scripture, Proverbs 1. He asked this question. We're going to leave with this today. Proverbs chapter 1. Don't get offended. I didn't call you this. He did. Okay? Because watch this. I'm going to say this, Isaiah, and everybody's going to get tight. 22 of Proverbs 1 says, How long, ye simple ones? You ever been called simple-minded? Old folks used to call us that, Sister Ron. They used to say, oh, you simple-minded boy. What's wrong with you? God says, how long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. He pleads with us this morning, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. When pride is conquered, we will be satisfied with this one thing that will reflect the image of God. Isn't that our heart's desire? We were created in the image. He said, I want you to start reflecting me again. The brightness of God should be bouncing off of you. We should be reflecting the image. And it can't happen until self goes away. When self goes away, you don't get depressed. You don't get, well, everything is just terrible. Really? For you to be able to speak that, it's not that bad. Anybody cut your head off today? There are people who believe in Jesus are dying right now because they say, I'm not going to give up my God. I don't, their way might be, I don't want my head cut off today, but God's way might be, it's time for you. You've done your job. See, that's the level we're going to have to get to, and we are nowhere near it. Because we're worried about God telling us to do something we don't want to do. Come to God and trust him. Trust him. Trust him. That's what we have to do. God is not going to give you something that you don't need. Young people always say they don't want to be Christians and they don't want to ask God for a mate. Because for some reason, they think that God only has these ugly people <laughs> in his closet that he just gives here. I got some more ugly people. <laughs> so we go out with the counsel of our own heart and we pick the wrong somebody, don't we? And been suffering ever since. Trust God in that, young people. Trust, that, trust God in that older people who might be in that position that they're looking for somebody. God said it's not good for man to be alone. Amen? Amen. If you let him, He'll give you exactly what you need. Yesterday, I've been married 27 years. Amen. Why? Because God chose her for me. It took the Lord. Because <laughs> I was no good. But I prayed, i never forget it. I said, Lord, bring me my wife. Because my eyes weren't working. My evil heart was not telling me what to look for. But he gave me enough faith to ask him. And that was 33 years ago. Remember the same lady, 33 years. And it took Jesus for her to stay with me. This is a hard, I mean, it's a very challenging life. When you live faith to faith every moment of your life, it's a hard job. But God is able. I want everyone in here to lift your head up today. Be encouraged. God finds something in you worth saving. As we read in the testimonies this morning, he's polishing you now. He thinks you're a ruby. He thinks you're a precious stone. And so he brought you here today so you can get polished just a little bit. Amen? Because he says, I love that one. I want to use that stone. Amen? You willing to be a stone for Christ? It's a precious stone. He didn't say a rock. He said a precious jewel. He sees that, and he's polishing you right now. Self has to die. Amen? Can we handle that?
So what was the leaven in the lump? Pride. Pride. Self. So you know what to go away? What's the first things we read about? Of course, fornication. What else? Adultery, malice, arrogancy, envy. All the things that are fruit of the flesh will all go away if pride is taken away. Because Satan is in charge of pride, and all we have to do is get away from him. Resist the devil, he'll flee. You think that's a lie? We're going to resist the devil today, aren't we? We are no longer going to be slave to self. Just realize, arrogant, stiff-necked people like us, without Jesus, we nothing. When Jesus made the statement, we're going to, oh, of my own self, I can do nothing. Who said that? Was Jesus something better than us? Look at it. He said, I couldn't do nothing. So why are we taking this prideful position? Listen to his voice. Not hard in your heart. Seven.